Joining the Trailblazers, Changing Banking. Andreas, nice to meet you. To tell us a little bit about that statement and what you think that means. That's a good question, you know, and very much uh, resonates to Mambo as our organization, you know, because uh, with Mambo myself and the whole company, we've been in a mission of um, revolutionizing the banking and financial sector's experience by making it easier, quicker, and more simple for our customers, actually banks, so they can offer the amazing products uh, for our own customers. And you know what we do? We advertise something we call composable banking, which gives a lot of flexibility and power to our um, consumers uh, to use our services so they can connect multiple building blocks and build their own offerings. Uh, I really uh, like to present this challenge, you know, when someone argues that, yeah, there are lots of competitors on the market, uh, you know, providing modular systems which are flexible. And, you know, to dispel this myth, I am using a metaphor of um, jigsaw puzzle versus Lego brick, right? Which helps me to explain, like, modular system, for me, combine individual pieces into one predefined picture, just like jigsaw puzzle, right? It's hard or almost impossible to swap out or swap in uh, the pieces for the better ones. Generally, you are locked in with one vendor, with one single picture. And with composable banking, it's quite vice versa, right? It's like a Lego brick. You have multiple building blocks, whether it's Mambo building block or it's a third-party building block. You can connect it in any manner you want and choose and uh, provide this unique competitive uh, service for your own customer customer right and that's what's what's the flexibility that's what mambo is all about it's all about composable banking help me understand the user or customer journey you know you've got big names in there you've got n26 tides you know, the, the list is endless and there's 70 million end users. Help us understand a little bit about that, that customer journey then. And also, if you like, Mambu's elevator pitch. You've touched on points around composable banking mm-hmm. and the difference between the Lego and, and the jigsaw analogy. But help us understand it just in simplest terms, what? customers at N26 will be using Mambu for or doing? Yeah, so actually we are providing core banking services, you know, like accounting, lending, and others, right? Uh, Given we are composable banking, every customer picks their own, uh, if you like, uh, composition of Lego bricks, right? That's what helps them to differentiate uh, one from each other, right? And also what we do, uh, and we are... I would say, a pioneers in the market, we are providing these services as a SaaS service, right? This is what was a unique uh, in the market back in the days when we started the business. And this is what actually helps uh, them to be very quick and agile in the market. You know, uh, the traditional quarter banking replacement introduction project uh, took years back in the days. Now it took three, four months to kick it off with our SaaS service. 
And this is what our customers appreciate very much. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen another competitor in the market, but I've seen API-first businesses or banking, cloud-native payments platforms. It would be really good to understand a little bit about uh, the makeup of the organization. As I know, we've spoken offline, you're heavily orientated towards clouds. We'll touch on that, but help us understand a little bit more about the AWS setting or your cloud native platform as it is? Yeah, so Mambo as an organization, you know, started to grow together with AWS and we grew for something like 10 years very successfully utilizing AWS native services and building our banking APIs on top, right? And uh, due to this success, we it, I, give, I think this success would brought us to this point in time where we are right now. And uh, a few years ago, we started to consider and, you know, together with our customers also grow our ambitions. Because what we understand that our customers' needs are expanding, expanding in terms of regional availability. As you may understand, you know, financial sectors is very heavily regulated. And our customers wondering to kick off businesses, some regulated areas where data residency and other compliance things are present. And this kind of... uh, Customer needs brought us to start adopting adopting our services to other cloud providers, and we are you know customer need driven, and we started this adoption and started this uh, expansion just because of this reason. Well, what AWS services or components do you think are, are critical for Mambo, and why do you think they are? Yeah, so, uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, I would say uh, AWS as a provider was very much focused on security, reliability, and quality of its services. And that's what uh, helps us to build up on top, right? And, uh, you know, those technologies like, uh, you know, back in the days we started with something like AWS Beanstalk environment, now we are heavily... Uh, moving and modernizing our services on top of Kubernetes, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, playing together with this kind of big giants, which are uh, dictating the technology in their business, helps us to dictate the technology in our business. <laughs> I think what one of the interesting things at the moment is uh, especially what you're doing around AWS, but the, the term commonly used in the industry is multi-cloud, people call it hybrid cloud, but I think the interoperability of clouds is something that I'd love to continue to explore with you. How, how challenging has that been for you as a team or Mambu's engineers to start to introduce that? into your stack for customers? Yeah, good question. Actually, you know, this um, expansion is what we call opportunity for the business and, uh, you know, enablement for our customers. At the same time, it's an interesting technological challenge for our engineers to resolve, right? Because, you know, each of the biggest cloud providers has slightly different approaches, even, you know, how they approach... uh, the same technology, how they are structured, how they are uh, thinking about the networking concerns, security concerns, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's uh, particularly 
uh, a challenging uh, exercise, which our engineering team are working on the daily basis. And, you know, it's not only about engineering itself, you know, given the fact we're providing a SaaS service, it's also about how we're operating it, how we're spreading our resources all across the globe to be ready to respond in case of any incidents uh, occurs and all of that mechanism, which is, you know, particularly interesting for <laughs> for us in Mambo. What, what have you learned? But or, or what's been the what's been the biggest failure or pain point that you've learned something from? Can be either or both. Yeah. So uh, first of all, you know, enabling a smooth developer development experience, right? Because at the end of the day, when our end customers approaching our API, so it's exactly the same regardless of cloud providers we are hosting in, right? But all of the challenges, you know, uh, occurs, how do you get there, right? And uh, what we've been trying to do all the time, and we continue to do that, is how to make this abstraction. So our developers, once they write the code, they test it once, and uh, we can deploy in multiple locations, multiple cloud providers, and you know the ambitions which I have that any developer in our organization doesn't uh, uh, even thinks about where the code will be hosted. You know they yeah. just think about functional capabilities, <clears throat> and the rest happens under the hood, uh, regardless of uh, end cloud provider and uh, how it will be hosted. This might sound like a really dim question, but. Touching on your point of enablement, mm -hmm. going multi-cloud, uh, is it just purely a case of enabling some of the customers who might be using that respective cloud provider? Let's just say Google Cloud, for example. Or are you as Mambu leveraging different services and components within those clouds for specific reasons? Because you're talking about deploying in different locations mm -hmm. um, or, or deploying code in multiple locations, if you like. Is it the enablement part where you've gone multi-cloud or is it specific services that you're leveraging in those respective cloud providers? Or have I completely missed the point? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question, right? Uh, so uh, let me explain, right? So the key drivers is actually not a services itself of the specific uh, cloud provider, even though uh, some of the services are, not, are really different, right? Even the networking, you know, on Microsoft Azure, it's completely different on what you have on Google Cloud or AWS, right? Uh, however, our aim is uh, to simplify the life for our developers and we are trying to abstract this complexity from them so they can focus on the functional specification and uh, you know there is like dedicated team which takes out this infrastructure complexity from them right but at the moment we are uh, not leveraging any specific service in any cloud provider you know even though, let's say, the Kubernetes, right? Yeah. Microsoft and Amazon, like completely different versions, right? There are challenges with maintaining that, right? But we try to abstract that as much as possible and take this headache from our developers. Okay. 
Uh, how are you achieving that single deployment pattern then, uh, as opposed to each individual cloud service? How are you achieving that single deployment pattern? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think the key technology for us is uh, Kubernetes, right? Okay. And uh, we are packaging our source code, regardless whether it's uh, persistent services or not, and uh, deploying them to Kubernetes environments, right? And this is what this serves for us for as a backbone to uh, as a backbone for all the compute services, right? And all the networking, it's also abstracted, right? Which means uh, that, uh, you know, we go from the traditional IP-based uh, networking uh, mm. or old-school networking, right, where actually everything is abstracted, all the accesses and security is, yep. you know, encrypted with the certificates, vaults, and all of that stuff, right, which really uh, removes, <laughs> removes the understanding and all the traditional networking happens under the hood. Okay. But because it's automated for you nowadays, this is an off-the-cuff question. Um, how much do you need to know about traditional networking and what's actually under the hood or what's happening underneath the automation? How much do you need to know nowadays about what's happening when using Kubernetes or something quite similar? Yeah. So if you uh, specifically, it depends, you know, very much in which engineering team you are working. If you are working and, you know, we are product oriented organization and each our team and our teams are actually structured all around the products and capabilities we deliver to our customers, right? Let's say you are developing a lending product or deposit product or, you know, something like that. So if you're working in this kind of engineering team, so you really even don't bother, you know, how the networking uh, uh, happens under the hood, right? Fine. But if you are part of the infrastructure engineering team, which uh, is responsible for networking, right? So it's yeah. your bread and butter. So you you know uh, what's the differences, you know, and how to wire all of that thing to make sure that the rest part of the organization doesn't bother us about that, right? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Talk to us a little bit about some of the other challenges. That, that you're likely to see in Mambu. That can be with interoperability with clouds or, or slightly outside of that. Because I think well, I'm keen to explore a little bit more about reliability engineering. There's going to be some challenges on availability and scale. Help us understand the whole picture of what the challenges look like. And it'd be good to get some of those broken down and, and what happens day to day at Mambu or problems solved day to day at Mambu. Yeah, you know uh, what you mentioned. It's uh, it's 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 the problems everybody has in the world, right? You know when you think about scalability, reliability, etc. So each organization who grows, they are facing these challenges sooner or later, <laughs> depending. Depends, you know, how fast they grow. And we as an organization, we're doubling every, every 12 months, right? Which means, you know, at least in my experience, that quite a fast-paced growing company, right? And those scalability and reliability issues are really a concern. And, you know, what's, what's not a concern for us today, it will be a concern after 12 months for sure, right? Yeah. So and uh, maybe, 
you know, answering this question, I want to focus more on the people part, not on the technology, right? Because technology, we are continuously improving, continuously changing, but it's yeah. the people and how we are organized, right? So, right. Uh, and, uh, you know, we want to keep the best possible engineering within our platform and the three teams to tackle those problems, right? And create the environment so they can do that, right? So maybe one uh, nice thing which we do uh, is that uh, we don't uh, work uh, overnight shifts like some of the organization does. Instead, yeah. we spread our engineering organization and SRE teams all across the globe. So we have nice. locations in Sydney, Singapore, three locations in Europe, um, Romania, Lithuania, Amsterdam, and Miami, right? And this is how the SRE uh, organization is spread. So they can really... Uh, work during normal working hours, have a decent rest, uh, come yeah. over, react to the incidents properly, improve the reliability uh, things, you know, improve the observability part and or any other concerns while they are decently rest, can focus and be creative in, in, in tackling on the problems. So I would say the people and this environment uh decent environment for them to tackle those problems that's that's the key for for the success see that that's really interesting a lot of the conversations i'm having nowadays are about the people scale in organizations from a uh semi non technical background I always understood the challenges would come where I've spoken to businesses before where they want to think about 20x scale as an example and solving those problems in between, let's just say, trying to scale a system 20x. I always thought it would be uh, the knowledge part in the people that is the limitation to be able to solve those problems. But speaking to quite a lot of technical leaders, it's it's the people part of the organization that you really have to prioritize to be able to go and solve the technical issues that there doesn't not necessarily there doesn't seem to be that much of a focus on but the scale is quite heavily outweighed towards the people part absolutely absolutely fully agree with you you know it's really the the people who are who are doing the great magic, right? And, uh, you know, great people uh, having great colleagues around uh, can solve you any, any problem in the world, right? <laughs> True. What, what, does, what does doubling the organization in size really mean for some of the technical challenges then? The people part we've covered, that's key for Mambo, but some of the technical challenges... Talk to us about those and, and what happens every 12 months or, or what you're trying to forecast in terms of system growth or potential risks or failovers, whatever. Yeah, you know, in terms of scale and the technology, we're really growing into limitations what uh, some of cloud providers can provide, right? And really? that's, uh, that's the challenges for the upcoming years. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's uh, really a challenge uh, to uh, how we're looking into onboarding the new people. And, you know, some of the good feedbacks which I have collected from our new joiners, it's our onboarding procedure. 
even though we are trying to hire really uh, best engineers on the markets we are in, uh, you know, because the best talents like to be, to work with the best ones. Uh, yeah. That's the good recipe, right? Uh, all of them, uh, in their feedbacks, all of them uh, was, uh, reflect very much on our onboarding procedure, which is really much focused into uh, bringing up uh, them into the complex world we are operating right now. <laughs> yeah. What What does your onboarding process look like? Again, I've I've seen that time and time again. I'm intrigued to know what that looks like. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, our onboarding process might take up to three months, you know, depends on the engineering position you are in, right? And it's not only onboarding uh, f- uh, to a technical part, but it's also understanding uh, more of our culture and uh, approaches we are using, right? It's very much connected with uh, some practical exercises, right? Understanding uh, different cases, especially if you are in the SRE role. So you really need uh, your to get your hands dirty before you can start uh, uh, leveraging the customer production <laughs> environments, right? Because, you know, in our business, we really need to keep our quality bar really high. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, I bet that's a fascinating experience for engineers coming in and learning three different cloud providers um, Mm -hmm. operating at at some of the scale that you are operating at. I I can imagine that is quite interesting for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we are still growing. We are still doubling, uh, you know, and we are always hiring and looking for a great talent. So right now we are very much expanding our hubs in Lithuania and Romania. uh, And... uh, beyond the EMEA market globally. And, you know, we are looking for the experienced engineers in web-based application development, public clouds, uh, managing applications on Kubernetes, automating Python, Go, and other languages, right? Uh, And what's the most important that, you know, when we are looking for those engineers, right, it's not only the technological skills, which are important. We're also looking beyond that. We are looking for the people who are really comfortable to work in at pace, in, you know, complex environment, yeah. which is constantly uh, changing and you need to adopt and solve various difficult uh, challenges and you feel comfortable while that working with, with your colleagues. And There's going to be a link to um, career sites always below in the description, um, ladies and gents, for all of you listening. Help us understand where Mambu will be in 12, 24 months. If you've got a little bit of info on that product roadmap, today we can see, obviously, a massively successful business. Big names in banking are using you guys and girls. You know, N26, Tide, like I mentioned at the start of the pod, and way more. Cutting-edge technology, 70 million end-users. Where will you be in 12, 24 months? In your view? Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, how much we should uh, expand, you know, on a specific roadmap uh, because, you know, we are currently, uh, rebu- as you know, every year we are currently in a cycle of rebuilding it and looking how we can improve our services for our customers even more. 
and the idea is that uh, somewhere in uh, fall this year we will announce some nice great changes how our approach to banking will be brought to a next level and these are some and interesting projects which will emerge right but uh, you know i can't tell about them right now that's something uh, kept as our secret development so do you have? in the product organization but that's what was definitely announced and you will see some messages coming coming on the market uh, this fall very soon <laughs> love it so there's a couple of secrets in there but i think there's a track record of there's a track record of growth you're obviously a massively successful cloud native payments business so ladies and gents you've heard it from Andreas, uh, if you are interested in anything engineering related, engineering management related, and you're interested in some of the topics that we've discussed around multi-cloud, web apps, observability, other parts, which are in the careers part, then um, check out Mambu and see where they're hiring. US, Amir, Lithuania, Romania other parts of the world. Andreas, um, thanks a lot for coming to talk to us. I do I do massively appreciate it. And for everyone listening, go and share this with uh, friends, family, colleagues. Show them what Mambo are doing. Like, share, subscribe, and show us all some love. And big round of applause for Andreas as well. Yeah. Thank you, Elliot. It's was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, mate absolute pleasure i'll speak to you soon hey guys thanks for watching this episode uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us if you want to find out more about us and what we're doing please check us out on social media what we're trying to do at engineers is build a community to drive knowledge sharing and experiences on twitter we can be found at engineers.io it's no underscore We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.